Greetings. Hi. We're glad you're with us today on this special episode of the Be The Light podcast. You're going to be glad that you're with us today for this special episode. We were beyond excited to have the conversation that we got to have with our guest, Solara Onra, our beloved mentor, both professionally and personally. It was just the perfect alignment mm-hmm. of crossing paths with her. Mm-hmm. And it was, it couldn't have been more perfect timing, divine alignment, call it what you will, at the time that we did. And Solara, of course, just because she's amazing and we love her so much, but she's a true testament of just such incredible determination Mm -hmm. at her core. And I I love that so much about her. Solara grew up in South Africa until she finished university in Cape Town. She then moved on to the U.K., and began a whole new part of life, or her life, uh, being a spiritual teacher. And um, she began channeling and has been channeling all kinds of incredible enlightening information from her guides for many years, including Ascended Masters, Earth Keeper Ancestors, Star Beings, uh, but she primarily works with and channels the Councils of Light a collective of Andromedan, Syrian, and Pleiadians. And through her website, she has given us a treasure trove of material resources, free meditations. She's always having a retreat. She's always teaching because that's really her call to service to humanity. Mm -hmm. And um, so you're going to get to hear all of this incredible amazing conversation and I feel like I've said amazing 20 times well you could say it 20 more and it would still only scratch the surface of Solara quick grab me my thesaurus in addition to all of that Solara has written a book and it's called Pleiadian Emissary to Gaia and this is a book about her journey the one thing that I love about Solara, in addition to just how she has truly lived her life being in service to humanity in one way or another, but even before she was spiritually awake and aware, she is a person that has always followed her excitements and lived in the now moment. You know, that has just been such a a theme of her life. And it's so inspirational when people really can do that and, and to live free of fear and, and trusting in the universe to provide everything. Uh, even not having a spiritual context for that. You know, she right. always had that knowing mm-hmm. within herself that if I'm doing what I want to do, even if I have five bucks in my pocket, something is going to work out. I'm mm-hmm. going to get there and, and a job will manifest or, you know, something is going to manifest and, and always looking for the synchronicities and the signs leading her from one place to another. She, this is a person who has traveled the world. and Many she, times over. She is 
such an inspiration to us. And uh, we're excited, beyond excited. Mm-hmm. It's the most butterflies in my stomach feeling I've had in a really long time. I am just so grateful that I didn't instantly hear her voice and go into a hypnotic trance because I've fallen asleep to her guided meditations for years. What, like seven years? That was a real possibility. Like, you better keep it lively, (laughs) Solara, because we could just go into another dimension while you're on the line. Um, You know what? It didn't happen. And we were so happy that she was channeling. You guys are really going to, you're in, you get a little extra special, just yummy bit in this episode today (laughs) with that. Like, you don't get something good every time you hear this podcast, though. You do. It's high quality. (laughs) Top shelf, creme de la creme. (laughs) And on that note, here is our conversation with Solara on Raw. Greetings. Hello. 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 We, um, well, we're beyond excited. I'm actually, for the first time, I, not that I feel nervous, but I'm just so <laughs> excited that I'm feeling so high right now because today <laughs> our beloved mentor, uh, an individual, individual who has been so fundamental in our journey mm-hmm. and, and our journey as practitioners, Solara on Raw is here today. It's my absolute pleasure to be here with you. I had such a lovely feeling when you first sent me a a voicemail about uh, your connection with my work and how you'd love to do this. And I know that if you've been doing work alongside me and my guides, then being of service is an absolute integral part of their message and my message uh, because it has been um, the most important thing for me on my spiritual path is this understanding of being of service. And I immediately got that the two of you were doing this project um, to be of service. And I am very happy to assist you with that. You are so sweet. Thank you so much for just joining us. Um, I have a funny story to tell you. And I don't think that this is a story that anybody outside of Marilyn and I even know. When we came across you, it was 2010, 2000, early 2011. Mm-hmm. And we had been guided to do our own work with stones and crystals and portal work and land healing, you know, here in Oklahoma and, and, uh, you know, several states. And we were just so driven, you know, we felt like leading up to the, the solstice in 2012, we felt so completely driven as I know a lot of people did to, um, complete this, task you know we didn't really know what it was but we felt guided to do it and so we did it whenever we could and as much as we could 
So when the solstice happened, we just looked at each other and we were kind of like, what do we do now? You know, like, what are we supposed to do now? <laughs> and um, we had just gotten an, a solstice email from you. Mm-hmm. And in your message, you made a comment. And I don't know if you remember this or not about how we just had to be the light now. Just got to be the light. To embody that and just to be the light. And so we just looked at each other and we we're like, well, Solara said we just got to be the light. So that's what we're going to do. Even though we don't know what we're supposed to be doing, we're just going to be the light. And that's how we named our business that <laughs> because of you. Amazing. I love that story. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> I know we we really did we just it was such a beautiful moment so it's almost like you're always here ever present you know in this (laughs) space and in our lives and in our hearts Mm -hmm. and even though we've never met and it's just such a beautiful thing it is and we just feel so deeply connected yeah totally it's interesting that you mentioned that uh, famous December solstice 2012 because there was such a huge fuss and such a huge momentum leading towards that and for a lot of people there was an anticlimax afterwards because we looked around and like what exactly has changed <laughs> you know I don't know what we expected but um it didn't look that different when you looked around the world and it takes perspective it takes a higher perspective and more distance from a particular event to to see the bigger picture and from the beginning my guide said actually it's the portal which is between that December solstice 2012 and 2032 which is 20 years ahead and we think about these portals because we have such restricted ways of thinking about time we it's easier for us to think about a solstice a day an equinox or perhaps even a year but um, not these larger spans of time. And since that solstice year, because I experienced the 12-12-12 as even more powerful than the actual day of the solstice, which was the 21st of December, um, this period that we are in now, which um, they say began at around the September equinox of 2017 and ends at the March equinox of 2018, which is a year and a half. That is like a pinprick in time when you have the bigger perspective. And that portal that we're in right now is an amazing time to be alive on the planet and on your spiritual Mm -hmm. path. It's just phenomenal. I am loving this time period. (laughs) We'd agree with that. Yeah. I think especially, you know, you mentioned the 12-12-12, and I have to say for us personally, that was definitely the more potent and powerful um opening you know that was that was that was happening and 
you know, you're talking about how we were kind of like this after the 2012 thing. That's what it was like. I remember it being like that after the harmonic convergence, though, too. You know, it was like this big, huge buildup <laughs> of something. And, and, and the collective can really feel like because we, we do have this internal programming, like this is a, an end point and then everything is going to radically be different. And we're expecting it in this very physical manifested way without really seeing like you just spoke of how big and vast things really things have shifted and opened up on all these other levels. And this time that we're in right now, this, this, this particular portal opening space has been incredibly powerful. I mean, it just, it feels it, it, it feels like that. It, it, it is that way every day. Uh, the, and it's also being mirrored in the collective, mm -hmm. you know, it doesn't seem like there's as much of a lag time between like your own personal experience and then seeing that reflected back in the collective. Oh, definitely. Things are so much faster now. It's amazing. I'm teaching a manifesting workshop on Thursday, which I haven't done for years. But um, because I'm in the process of manifesting a new big thing, uh, which is a new home and center in Portugal, and to actually buy it rather at the moment in Ibiza, I rent my place. Um, my guide said, okay, we want you to go back to this old uh, manifesting technique that I originally got from Wayne Dyer. And of course, when I have to do something, I automatically teach it because it's the easiest way for me to do it. You <laughs> get a lot of guidance from my guides. I get the like accelerated version of what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm always learning when I'm teaching. And um, yeah, the manifesting is on a whole new level in this time period. So I really encourage the listeners if you have any conscious um, way of manifesting, of holding an image, holding a vision of what it is that you are desiring to birth on the planet, then do it now. Do everything um, within your power to get as clear, really crystal clear about what it is exactly that you want so that the universe can cooperate with you in the co-creation. Is this a class that you're going to be like offering as a webinar eventually or something that people would be able to um, purchase for download or anything? Yes, I I've considered recording um, the session. It's just a two-hour session on Thursday. So... I'll record it and I'll I'll see. Sometimes things are more usable in that form than they are mm -hmm. um, otherwise. But yes, as we're talking about it, it sounds like a plan. <laughs> <laughs> well, we read your book, Diaries of a Pleiadian Warrior of Light, and when it was in PDF form, which then kind of got absorbed into the newer Pleiadian Emissary to Gaia book, which is, we'll put a link to that. It is so amazing. I just want to tell you that you are a phenomenal writer. Mm -hmm. This 
story, your story is so captivating in and of itself, but you are also such a good writer. And I, I really appreciate that because, um, you know, you're funny, it's engaging. We were just swept away as always by your adventures, by your self-awareness, your vulnerability, your just ability to, I mean, you feel like you're there in all of your escapades and But you wrote extensively. I mean, in fact, the whole book is really about you getting to the place where you are now. I mean, becoming a channeler, becoming Solara on Raw, the whole unfolding, some kind of the behind what was going on behind the scenes, everything you were thinking and feeling and experiencing, all the synchronicities leading up to it. But one thing that really impacted us as caretakers, mothers, wives, employees, you know, all of these roles that we're doing while we were fully embracing our spiritual path and trying to be of service to humanity in whatever way that we can. How did you transcend the challenges of everyday living and and balance your responsibilities with your new channeling abilities yeah it's an it's a very interesting question because having read my book you'll know that i found earth life just unutterably boring before (laughs) before my spiritual awakening I I was bored and frustrated and there was a sense of disconnection with everything and um, play acting out this role. So this was um, before I got married and had kids and my spiritual awakening was not a black and white, one day I was asleep, next day I was awake, like most of us, very few of us have that um, awakening and then we are fully awake. It comes in stages and mine began when I had met the man who was to be my husband, but we weren't married yet and I wasn't yet living in the UK. And my spiritual awakening at first was nothing to do with being of service, but everything that I learnt just saved my butt on every level. So it taught me, my spiritual awakening taught me how to handle a relationship in a more conscious way. Um, I was self-correcting all the time because I was so dysfunctional in relationships, in love relationships and also friendship relationships. And then when we were together but had no money and were manifesting things like our first home, that came completely through my spiritual awakening. So I learned how to manifest. Then I had children and actually found having small small children incredibly challenging. I know you could say that for anyone, but actually for many mothers, they enjoy that period where the children are small more than they enjoy 
their children becoming teenagers, but I'm exactly the opposite. So the overwhelming responsibility of this 24-hour childcare and the mm. vulnerability of babies and toddlers and how much you have to do for them just... I was very shocked at how difficult I found it because I had been desperate to have children and when they arrived, I was like, oh, my goddess, <laughs> this is not how I expected it to be. And so the stuff I was learning on a spiritual level, which at that stage came from books, it came from Louise Hay, You Can Heal Your Life, it came from... Wayne Dyer, particularly from this Manifesting Your Destiny cassette series that was given to my partner at some point. And it came from the Four Agreements, reading about the Toltec mm -hmm. Agreements, and from the channel Senea Roman, and the book Spiritual Growth, Being Your Higher Self, and then the conversations with God books, the Celestine prophecy. So the books that were <laughs> and are still for a lot of people opening books. The first mm -hmm. right. spiritual knowledge came to me from books and not from teachers in the flesh. And also from having readings before I became a channel. I mm -hmm. learned things on a spiritual level through various channels and psychics that I went to, some were better than others, but they opened my consciousness to this other dimension. And so what you're talking about, working, money, home, job, partners, children, and everything, in the initial phases before I became a channel, they all of those things were simply assisted by my growing spiritual understanding and knowledge, in particular that I was the one that was in charge of mm -hmm. creating my reality, because that is a very, very, very fundamental learning. I learned it from Louise Hay, but she no doubt learned it from Seth, although I don't think she ever, yeah, ever said right. so. But um you know, original teachings that came through Seth, who I never got into at the time, um, but through the Emerald Tablets and various mm -hmm. older um, sources of information, they teach you simply about how the world operates and in particular mm -hmm. about how you are creating any kind of shit situation or partnership, relationship, money situation in your life simply through your beliefs and the emotions that are attached to those thoughts and beliefs and the vibration that you are creating around you. And so at that stage, my spiritual learning was just helping me cope with everything else. And I only came into an understanding of being of service when I started channeling myself, which, as you know, was not a spontaneous occurrence. It was a decision. It was a knowing within myself. It's like, I want to give myself readings. I don't want to go for readings with somebody else. I want to 
tap into my own guides. And once I realized that that isn't an exclusive gift, it is true that it does come more naturally to some people than others, particularly the speaking channeling or to be a direct voice channel that comes more easily to some people than others. But in my case, it was my absolute determination. You know, when I decide to do something, wild horses <laughs> can't hold me back. <laughs> and I believe that about you. Are you but... a Taurus? Is that what, what is well, your no, sign? I'm a Leo. You're a Leo. <laughs> of course you are. Of course you are. <laughs> But determination. I am such a typical Leo, you know, I know hardly anything about the signs because I've never been interested in Western <laughs> astrology. But as I understand it, um, like to be the center of attention, a good leader, a very loyal and passionate uh, lover and loyal friend. And I, I have all of those things <laughs> naturally yes, in me. Yeah, you do. And um, so when I started to channel, I started getting more and more information about being of service. And sometimes it wasn't like an instruction to be of service. It was when I connected in particular with the Pleiadian Collective, all I said was, my only interest is to assist with ascension, to assist with this new earth, this wave that is coming to our planet. And they just literally took me at my word and started going, <laughs> okay, so do this, do that, do this, do that, do this, do that. And at the time I was so excited to have guides that were giving me very specific things to do. And when they would say, you know, offer this workshop. And I'd say, well, uh, how am I going to do that? Because I don't know anything about that subject. They'd go, don't worry, we'll teach through you. And I soon learned <laughs> that that was true, that they could teach the things that they were asking me to offer. And because they taught me to be a conscious channel so that I was there when I was channeling, then I could teach with their guidance and from myself and make it more human so that they, the participants were not just learning from extraterrestrials, which I do, mm -hmm. was particularly when I started and in the UK, which is not nearly as open to channeling. It wasn't then as open to channeling as the States. Um, it was amazing for me and I learned by the actual practice of it that choosing to be of service brings everything to you that you need to be of more service and to be on your path. It creates miracles, really. And so in your situation where you are asking that question, all you have to do is what I did, which is to offer yourself to say, I choose to be uh, of as much assistance as possible for the awakening of the people, for the people, the tribe of Gaia and for Gaia herself. 
And I can guarantee you, because your higher self and your guides know everything about you, your present, your past, and your future, and your children, and your family, and your jobs, and everything, that they would never ask you to do something that would not also be helpful for you in all of those other contexts. What does happen sometimes is that as you are brave enough to take that first step and for instance for you two to create the Be The Light podcasts, um, other miracles and synchronicities come your way that for instance might allow you to let go of other work, other ways of earning money because new ways of earning money that are aligned with your higher purpose and with your desire to be of service will present themselves. So one of the affirmations that is the most popular with my guides when they're working with a group of people in any workshop or course or retreat that I'm doing is I am ready to change. I am ready to change. I am ready to let go of that which does not serve my highest purpose. And I've had feedback from workshop participants afterwards that said, you know, when we kept having to say, I am ready to change, I am ready to let go, I didn't realize that my whole life was going to change <laughs> you know, because you have this be careful what to wish for yeah you be, be very careful what you say because the thing <laughs> is that if you truly desire to be of service and you truly desire to be on the highest path of service in your your spiritual intentions you have to be ready to change, to, to let go of things, because things change. Your, mm -hmm. you know, partners that are not really suitable for you will leave your reality. And jobs that are not serving your reality will leave. And sometimes it feels like the rug being taken out from under your feet. Mm -hmm. Um, but we don't know what really is for our highest good because our, our minds and our personality selves are so strong that they will <laughs> insist this thing is necessary in order for you to have enough money to pay the rent. Your mind will mm -hmm. insist this because your ego doesn't like change. <laughs> <laughs> and the people around you often don't like change and don't want you to change. No. Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's funny. Um, when when we first started uh, and opened our our um, healing business here as Reiki practitioners, and we do sound healing and lithotherapy. And we do um, healing sessions with people. But our kids, oh my gosh, there was a, a backlash uh, from the kids. And uh, now, of course, they, That's they love from, it, you right. know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
they love it. Their friends come over for sessions. I mean, they've completely embraced it. So it's, you know, I mean, it, it is true that everything really just falls yeah. into place. Yeah, you can't look at the first reactions around you when mm. you change something right. because um, your children, your family, your friends want to hold on to their concept of you because they are comfortable with that and they love you. But when you truly go for your highest good and your highest path, the people that love you will always come round. <laughs> it was such a learning for me with my birth family because I was terrified of disappointing my family. When I was young, I was so worried about what everybody thought about me and, and how they would judge any decisions that I made that I just took it on face value that when they said they thought the best thing for me would be to do this, that if I didn't do that thing, I would disappoint them. And years later, when I chose a completely different path than had ever been in the picture, I was completely amazed that everybody was really approving. And um, I've learned that because I am impulsive and I do make really big decisions practically overnight when I'm guided to do so, that I don't discuss proposed changes with people because they will bring in a lot of fear inducing, but what if this, but what if that? And um, they want to help you, but they're working within a confined structure that doesn't take into account miracles. And mm -hmm. um, so I just go for it now. <laughs> We do too. We've, we've, we've learned, we have learned that, that it, it isn't because I, I know in the beginning, what we want is consensus and we want harmony and we want this, like everybody to be fully supportive of your excitements, whatever that is of whatever we're being guided to do. And, um, and when that is not there, we feel it just as you spoke about, you know, we're, we're going to, get triggered by abandonment and rejection and self-doubt right and the importance of of for at least me personally is that awareness of like I have to trust and I do trust because I've never been let down by when I am I am in alignment and I'm listening to myself my guides my team and I'm, I'm going forward with that and not to be dissuaded it is it's a you know i think you, until you get really comfortable with confronting those fear-based paradigms you know that that emerge whenever we're trying to do something new and i'm listening to you talk about making big decisions overnight i we have done that but that's fine because you're in alignment and you're being guided and you know what you are being guided to do is for the highest good and in service, then it cannot be wrong, you know, and miracles do happen every single day, you know. 
Absolutely. I'm with you. It, uh, <laughs> bravery is needed. It's, um, it's a conviction, really. The, the truth is that the desire to be of service, the desire to help, and it being just a general desire. So if you let go of, I would need to be a healer or a spiritual teacher or to be working in a spiritual draw, job in order to be of service. If you let go of that and just open yourself to a general desire to be of service, you will realize that just your everyday activities, your existence, your mm -hmm. opening up to be more kind, more loving, more compassionate and understanding to the people around you is the biggest service that you can offer to yourself and others because as you give, so you receive. As you have this desire to be a more loving, kind, compassionate person. And sometimes it takes a bit of pretending before it becomes real. You have to catch mm -hmm. yourself before you say something mean and actually take a step back and rethink before you speak again. Sometimes the person right. that is the most irritating person in your life if you can let go of the habit of reacting with unkind words or th thoughts to that person, that overcoming that challenge will literally start to reprogram your mm -hmm. brain synapses so that you can become that person that is kind and cooperative and loving to everyone regardless of how what they're presenting how they are presenting themselves to you well and just starting there with that simple level of self-awareness and that simple exercise is being of service to humanity i mean if every single person did that we would be living in a a new world overnight absolutely yeah, I would, uh, people that are stimulated by this conversation and that want to hear from the star beings of light about how to handle all the everyday challenges, I would highly recommend something that I recently put up on my site, which is just called Guidance Sessions. And it's about 11 hours of recorded questions to the guides and then answers. And people just asked the normal questions. How can I be of service and still earn enough money to survive? Um, how can I change my relationship to one that really serves both of us very down-to-earth practical questions and some really amazing answers that were given. So I would point people towards that because the guidance is recent. It came through um, over the last month and so it's really relevant to the energies that we're living in now.
So when you're getting this channeled information, is this a time that you have just set aside when this, for instance, this, were you in a, a group setting where there were people or did people write in to get these uh, questions addressed? How did you, what was the setting you did this in? This was quite unusual in that um, I have a, a light tribe on Ibiza, people that love to come to meditations and different things that I do here. But in the winter, I go off a lot and I'd been off for a couple of months. And when I came back, I was offering the normal Saturday meditations, some of which get recorded and put on YouTube when the quality is good enough. And I wanted to offer something else as well because I'd been away. So in my mind, from my personality self, what I decided to offer was a kind of dancing meditation that I'm developing for the Awakening Light Body series. And just before I was about to put that, announce it on Facebook, I did the channeling for myself and my guide said, no, this is absolutely not the time for those dancing <laughs> things. You're just, you're distracted. It's something else that's creating that desire. And what we wish you to do is weekly guidance sessions where people come, they ask questions and you channel. And I was like, really? I don't know if I feel like doing that. I wanted to do my dance. Come yeah. on. And my guide said it's specifically for the second book and will help enormously. So I was like, okay. <laughs> How can you argue with that, right? Because the second book is purely channeled. And um, I realized that I would get a lot of channeled information by doing that. And mm -hmm. so that's what I did. It's not my favorite thing to sit with an audience and just have to ask, answer any questions. I don't do one-on-one -on -one sessions anymore for that reason. I enjoy channeling most when my, when I'm teaching and then I get this, huh, and I know that my guides are clicking in as like, oh, my guides have something to say about that. And so I, I'm not totally in a, in an interview like this. I'm very happy to answer questions um, because it's going to this wider audience. And that's what I like to use channeling for mm -hmm. is my guides tap into everybody that will ever listen to that podcast, for instance, and be mm -hmm. speaking to all of them. And actually they were, it was obvious that they were doing that in these, it was supposed to be four two hour sessions, but sometimes the two hour session ran into three hours. And right. it was obvious by the way my guides said certain things was that they were speaking to other people who weren't present at the time. Right. And I've had feedback about that. They were like, oh, my God, your guides answered all my questions and I wasn't even there. <laughs> <laughs> That's beautiful. Um, OK, so as you said before, and, and we did a little uh, kind of a, 
a beginning of our channeling series, we, we laid out the different types of channeling, and you said that you identify with being a conscious channeler. Um, can you speak a little about the beings and collectives that you channel for people that may not know you? Yes, I'll actually, I'll get my guides to answer that question because they obviously let them speak for themselves. Is that it? Speak for themselves. Yeah. Um, so I'm just tuning in. You sometimes hear this sound that I make. I didn't always make it actually, but recently this phenomenon happens that as my energy shifts or as different guides collect in connect in um, there is this jerk in my body and uh, a sound that goes along with it so I call light to myself now I open my heart in love and gratitude and ground myself into the heart of Gaia And concentrate and expand my energy body. And I ask for the highest guidance from any collectives or individuals that wish to speak from the Star Councils of Light to this audience about their purpose in assisting us or anything that would be beneficial for our highest good and the highest good of all. Our first message is that within the star races there are collectives who have different jobs, shall we say, These jobs are decided not by any greater authority, but through their their own interests, their own abilities and their own desires. And so those who are termed the star councils of light and who speak through this channel we are a collective of many star races and we have grown exponentially in numbers over the years between 27 and this point. This is because our work and the success of our work in cooperating with embodied human beings on planet Terra and the awakening of consciousness which is yours to experience at this time. Our success in this cooperation has 
attracted so many more star beings who have become interested in assisting you also. There are millions also who watch the process and who hold space without interfacing directly. Just as our channel has said that speaking channeling comes more easily to some on your planet than to others, so it is within the higher dimensions that some are able to communicate with you and through you more easily. We are able to entrain our energies into the energies of the channels. It is like catching a cosmic fish. It is like finding the tuning fork which can be used as a fishing rod and being able to perceive the human being who is open to this and then being attracted into their field through a united purpose. It is for this reason that we teach very emphatically that the intention for connecting with higher dimensional beings must be crystal clear. In this case, your intention is to learn of things on a higher dimensional frequency. Your intention is to raise your own frequency, to expand your own conscious awareness, to learn skills which enable you to do this and receive information which is useful to both you and the light tribe of Gaia in your birthing of what has been termed the new earth. The new earth which is based on love, kindness and cooperation. And so as usual we are using long sentences <laughs> and we are reprimanded by our channel from time to time for skipping from one subject to another before answering the question at hand. It is because we are so desirous to communicate so much to you that we cannot stop ourselves from speaking so in a broader context. <laughs> Your question is about the different star collectives, perhaps how to identify between the Pleiadians and the Syrians and the Arcturians, for example. 
But in fact, yeah. we feel the desire in your energies and the energies of others who listen to differentiate also between the star collectives and other groups such as ascended masters, such as the Brotherhood of the White Light, such as the Order of Melchizedek and so forth. There are questions about how to connect in with a particular individual entity or guide or collective. How to know whether this is appropriate and how to take steps towards the accomplishment of it. And so we will give some examples. We will say, first of all, that for most of you, there is a connection that comes with a being such as Archangel Michael or Metatron, or a connection with the Pleiadian Councils of Light, which comes from reading something channeled or a book which is channeled through and with the assistance of this being or collective or sometimes there is something which is heard for instance the channeling which you are hearing now which is from the Arcturian, Pleiadian, Syrian collectives. And it is from hearing or reading this that you become attached to these higher dimensional beings. There is a love, an honoring and respect which is initiated from what you have learnt or read and it is this which opens the desire within you to make the connection and this is exactly as it should be but you will notice also that there are channelings which come through one individual on your planet and which come through another individual perhaps both of them claiming to channel the Arcturians and yet you resonate with one and not with another. Mm-hmm. There are many possible reasons for this. Sometimes it is a different group within that collective that is being channeled and you resonate with one group and not the other. And other times the channeling itself is not pure. For it is not that some channeled material is correct and that others is not correct. Rather the truth is that there is a percentage of purity within that which comes forth. 
Sometimes it is close to 100% pure and other times it is only 90, 80, 70, 60% pure and the rest of the information is in some way compromised by the beliefs and understandings of the one who channels. And so do not throw out the baby with the bathwater, dear ones, if there is one or two sentences which you are not aligned with, simply ask to be shown and to know very clearly what is relevant for you and what is not. So I will give an example from myself that um, there's one channel who I often disagree with but who I occasionally am guided to read something of and I'll read it and it'll be as if one or two sentences are being highlighted with an actual highlighter pen and I know that that information is there for me to take, uh, to absorb. <clears throat> so when you're, when you're seeing that information, it's visually in your awareness is this is the important part. Yes. For me, if I'm reading it, it, um, it, it's literally like it's highlighted that, mm. Um, that thing is relevant for me. And mm. um, so to summarize, which sometimes is helpful with these guides who give these long sentences, <laughs> the first thing that they were saying is that um, many of you are attracted to an individual being like an archangel um, or a collective through something that you've heard or that you've read. And they're saying that this is absolutely as it should be and uh, nothing wrong with it. Um, it's certainly what happened to me because I had never heard of Pleiadians and a therapist that I was going to for craniosacral uh, therapy said to me, you must read this book and um, pointed me towards the Pleiadian Agenda by Barbara Han Clow. And that yeah. book partially terrified me at first. But from the very <laughs> beginning, there was a connection with the Pleiadians that I palpably felt. And through then mm -hmm. going on to read other Pleiadian channelings, it was 100% from that, that I desired to channel the Pleiadians myself. So I'm sorry to interrupt, but so your desire to channel specifically the Pleiadians. Yes. That that came before the channeling work began. Uh, for me, it happened that way. But if you read okay. the stories of other people like Barbara Han Clow, these little blue lights just started to visit her. And mm. um, well, with Barbara Han Clow, I know that she first of all heard these guides as like Morse code. And it took mm -hmm. her some time before she was able to absolutely channel them. But um, the Pleiadians came to her. Barbara Marsignac, the Pleiadians came to her. In my mm -hmm. case, the Pleiadians came to me through books. And mm -hmm. it took a long time before I was able to channel them. 
but um, I know what the guides were going to go on and say is that sometimes this happens and sometimes it doesn't because with me um, a very striking thing happened. I knew about Pleiadians, I read Pleiadian books, um, I wasn't interested in Syrians. But I was told to go to South Africa and that I needed to go for my own activation. And when I received this particular series of activations, the Pleiadians just kicked in. I started channeling them full steam, including all of these instructions about what I was going to do for the next several years in very specific detail. And so that came through just like that after this activation. But on that particular day, there was one more place I was guided to go to that was a, a power spot in Neisner in South Africa. And I went to it and I started channeling this other group. But it was so different, the energy was so different, the information was so different that I transcribed the channelings, but I didn't pay any attention to who it was or what they were doing there. At the time, it was just called, um, not Metatron, but something similar to Metatron that I forget now, this group. And it turned out that that group was the Syrians. So I started channeling the Pleiadian collectors and the Syrian collectors on the same day, but it took me over a year before I realized that they were Syrians. Wow. <laughs> because I had no wow. interest in Syrian star beings and they just never mentioned right. that that was them. <laughs> well, it just wouldn't be in your awareness really, right? But it felt different, right? Did it feel, did they feel different to you? when you were able to finally have the name and reflect back on the this time? It was completely different. And if you want an example of how different it was and how differently it came through me, the first channeling that I ever put on YouTube, I believe was at the end, it was either at the end of 2008 or 2009. It was before the December solstice. And at that time, you could only put up 10 minute recordings, um, videos, and I had been told to channel and put the message up, but it was 20 minutes. So I divided it and the first half was from the Pleiadians and the second half was from the Syrians and they sound and feel completely different. Um, <laughs> So if anybody is interested enough, you can go to my YouTube and if you do it by age, you'll, you'll, you'll get those original two, although one of them was taken off YouTube because it was reported for a nudity violation, which is just absolutely hysterical because... <laughs> I was very into this kind of uh, making a storyline. I don't do it much anymore. At that time, I thought it's a video. I have to make a movie. So I would try and make a film that fitted with what the channeling was saying. And at some point, the Pleiadians or Syrians were saying uh, about something about ascension. So for about 30 seconds, I had in there a painting that I found on the internet of Ascension 
which was these beings that were kind of floating into the sky, hold their hearts, were open and everything. But they do happen to be naked, though it's a painting. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought, oh, my goodness, with all the things that are there on YouTube, it's unbelievable. So some time went past and then I republished it with a different picture in that place. I remade the video. Um, <laughs> But I'm going to let the guides just finish. You know now that it can be through your own desire that you connect in with a, mm -hmm. with a group or with a being, um, or that it can happen spontaneously, that they come to you. But most people that ask me about Pleiadians or Arcturians or Lyrians these days, they already have read or heard something about them mm -hmm. and they feel connected. Most people, mm -hmm. um, they're not many people that have experiences where they've never heard of any of these star beings and they just get visited by them because so much is out there now about the star beings, um, on the internet. When I started channeling the star beings and they came together rather than individually, they called themselves the Star Councils of Light. And that was not a term that was used anywhere previously. And now there are loads of people channeling the Star Councils of Light because if they've heard channelings they relate to and then they start channeling, they will mm -hmm. automatically go for that collective that, they, that they're attracted to. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> so I let them continue. I mean, do you think that people are connect or c attracted to certain groups because they already inherently have some connection to them? Mm -hmm. Yes, this is exactly what they're about to explain. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they're reading my mind. They're reading the field. <laughs> when I'm channeling my guides, um, just make me drink far more water than I normally drink. Um, yeah, you have to stay hydrated. Yeah, there's something about the brain synapses that get used in a more mm -hmm. intense way and you ha just have to drink more water than usual. Well, I do. There are two more variables, dear ones. The first is what you choose to do with your earth life including that which you choose as desires, as intentions, that which you choose to manifest. And it is according to your intentions and which guides are most able to assist you with those intentions that you will attract towards you certain beings. And the other variable is your star heritage. And this is on many levels. It includes the actual DNA genetics within your beings, some of which is more predominantly Pleiadian or Syrian, Andromedan or Lyrian. And there are many embodied at this time who 
hold Arcturian energy also within your DNA bundles and the spiral filaments of light that you call DNA. And then there is your lifetimes, your present, past and future lifetimes or higher self aspects. Which of those are in the higher dimensions and within certain star constellations within your universe? within your galaxy for there are many of you like Solara Anra who have a strong star being higher self who steps into place when you are ready to fulfill a mission which is possible only with this greater connection There was a decision made for Solara Anra at the age of four where she reconnected in with the Pleiadian collectives and chose to override the mission previously given on her embodiment and to play out a new role as a Pleiadian ambassador or emissary. This was chosen because of her experience as a baby and small child. Often there are experiences within your physical earth life which could not have been foreseen when you were in the non-physical. The effects of trauma happening cannot always be foreseen. You are not always able to overcome obstacles presented in your earth life as you imagine from the non-physical. <clears throat> so I'm going to explain because it's easier um, that when you are in the non-physical you look at any other lifetimes that you've experienced on the planet and in particular the most recent one and you choose another earth life often with particular difficulties, uh, difficult parents, um, perhaps physical uh, obstacles and these are sometimes chosen in order for you to overcome those challenges and be stronger and it assists you in the future on your mm -hmm. um, path of life. Sometimes there are different reasons why that's chosen and I won't go into that. And other times um, 
sometimes when you actually are in body again and have forgotten the purpose that you came with, which usually happens, the trauma that you suffer can't be overcome as easily as you imagine. And that's what happened to me. The trauma that I was experiencing as a very small child could not be overcome in such a way that I would fulfill my the spiritual mission that I'd come down to do. So the Pleiadians gave me a choice as a small child um, whether these memories of trauma could be removed from my mind and I would no longer be traumatized, but I would have to accept a, a different path and they offered me a path of service in connection with them and I said yes um, and my path changed basically and had to be recalibrated. So um, they're talking about your genetics, uh, about the actual star genetics that you have and they're talking about different aspects of higher self because you don't only have one higher self you have a higher self that you most identify with at any given moment. It's like that part of your oversoul that is split off and that you can relate to through your personality self, the way you normally feel and experience yourself. But there are other higher life as higher self aspects that are having a lifetime at the same time on another planet or star. Um, that you can connect with as a guide or you can actually pull them into your reality so that you are functioning from that higher self and in my case that higher self is Solara Anra. I am not fully embodying Solara Anra as yet because I just haven't succeeded but I embody her when I am teaching and channeling. Mm -hmm and my challenge is to embody her more and more but there are other my personality self often just chooses not to do that because I have this rebel personality self that <laughs> digs her heels in <laughs> and um, sometimes makes decisions that are not for my highest good in terms of my spiritual path um, so in answer to the question uh, about different star groups, they have given an explanation about why you might connect in with one group over another group. But I will add to that that a lot of people have star genetics um, with a lot of groups and the one might be predominant, such as my, Oct my um, Pleiadian one is predominant in terms of my genetics. But when I started teaching higher dimensional healing again a um, couple of years ago, this Arcturian group came and started working with me and I'm now very connected with them. And in that case, it's not because I have a high percentage of genetics it's because of something that I've chosen to do on my path of service they can assist me with that thing and so they come and work with me 
Um, and when I'm channeling for a wide audience, sometimes a particular question from a particular person will call in that A guide or A group because they are the ones that are able to answer that question the best. So you will have begun to understand, uh, dear listeners to this podcast, that <laughs> everything that we ask questions about on a spiritual level is so much bigger than our minds can grasp entirely. So we are only given a model at any one point that helps us to understand that thing. We're given a version, an answer, which is a version that we can try and comprehend at that point. And when our consciousness expands and we know more and we are more energetically open and the earth is different, we will get a bigger answer that explains more of that. So most of the stuff that I teach morphs as the years go by and I will for instance some years ago I didn't realize that it was possible to have more than one higher self because I'd only been given that particular model mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. um, in terms of past lives for instance years ago I didn't understand that there's an extent to which what we are experiencing as a past life is sometimes a present life that is playing out somewhere else um, and that there are future aspects of ourselves that we sometimes channel that feel like guides things are mm -hmm. way more complicated than we can understand but i hope right. that uh the answer has come some way towards understanding that I think that says a lot about the importance of people, of, of, of people that are awake, aware on their path, that they learn these skills and these abilities and honing that and working on that individually, because you are going to be connecting with those that you are already in resonance with in some capacity, you yes. know, that you have this connection because, uh, you know, it, it certainly seems that everybody who is called to serve and being a channel and being a channeler, that there is, it certainly seems there are soul agreements, right? That, or I'm going to come in and I'm going to have this particular ability. And in your case, what a shining example of dogged determination of just knowing that you're going to want to do it and you're going to do it. And I love that so much because it's, it's, it, it creates, I, I think just speaking for my own person, cause I, I remember the first time I read Seth, I was 12 and it forever changed my life because it, I resonated so deeply. Of course there were things that I could not grasp, but it resonated with me and that I know that there were these connections of feeling like that's something I want to do that, you know, what really transpired and I'm going to, um, I'm speaking for both Melissa and I here because <laughs> we shared this experience, but when we started doing our Reiki practice, what we discovered was, wow, we're getting all this information. 
from the person we're working with and, and their higher self and their team. And it wasn't until we got into being like, okay, we have to hone this. This is happening, but now we have to hone it and work on it. And that's when, thank God, we are we were already following your work and, and, and doing your meditations and doing these things, but to discover that you had actually created a content for a channeling class that we could do on our own, that changed everything to be able to take it to that next uh, to that ne- through that next doorway, if you will, of being able to receive this information, to be able to discern this information. And we are all about giving everybody the tools that they need to doing this work themselves. And that there is no hierarchical structure in the sense that it's, it's not a, a guru situation. It's to be taught and to take this and integrate it into your own life and with your team and your guides, you are your own instrument and teacher and channeler. And when we have done this work as witnessed by your work, your determination, then it feels a lot more tangible to people, you know, that, that it, it's not just like, oh, I wish I could do that. Yeah, I wish I could go into a trance state too, but that's not happening. You know, <laughs> I got to work at it. Yeah. <laughs> For some people, trance channeling is something that has happened to them. Spontaneously. Without them, you know, I mean, agreements obviously were made on some higher level, but without their conscious awareness and they've had to sort through that. So, I mean, it's always amazing just to for people to realize that a lot of people do have to hone these skills you know and and that your excitement gives so much momentum to to that yeah absolutely and also trust because Uh. if you approach channeling with fears about negative entities and etc you're really gonna struggle for a while. Um, Mm -hmm. I had no experience with negative entities and people didn't talk about that at the point where I learned channeling. And my only experience was going to channels where the information coming through, what came through with it was like a shower of of love you know Mm -hmm. you could feel the love and the information was so uplifting and um, (laughs) expanding in your consciousness and so loving and encouraging 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 and so I just had this one um, stereotype of what channeling was and that was that if you connected you could bring through this amazing, loving, encouraging, wise Mm. guidance. And there was no fear, like zero percent. And when people come to learn channeling with me, the ones with fear, you are constantly working to overcome that and to turn the fear into trust Mm -hmm. because If you trust 100% that because of your clear intentions to be of service, to bring through 
um, loving, enlightening information for your highest good, for the highest good of all, if you are totally 100% clear about that and you believe that that is the main thing that is needed in order for you to accomplish what you're setting out for, then you're away. Then you're away. So um, I have this... I have struggled in my life with this black and white personality that finds it extremely difficult to look at the shades in between. And my guides have pointed out often that although it sometimes trips me up, it has made me into a very good teacher and example for the tribe because I look to the light and I go for the light and I'm not fearful and um, I trust 100% that what I'm going to receive is positive and therefore it makes, it makes me a good example to encourage others to, to do the same. Mm -hmm. um, my darlings, I have loved speaking to you so much. And we are so grateful. And thank you. Thank you so much. This has definitely been outside of meeting you and coming to stay with you. This has been on our bucket list and we consider it a, a, a manifestation of our highest excitement. So go girls. We love you so much. <laughs> go Eminem. Good manifestation. <laughs> So we, so we can have this in there. What would you like just to take a moment to speak about anything that you would like to promote? Oh, thank you so much. Um, yes, I'd like to mention a very new thing on my agenda, which is a trip to Peru uh, this <gasps> November. So I'm going to take a group to Machu Picchu. It's a nine-night trip in Peru and I can already feel that you might be coming. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting here telepathically like, telling Alyssa like niggas are right. like dropped We're right like, now. Okay. We've been wanting to go to Peru for so long. You have no idea. Oh, We couldn't imagine going with anyone more perfect than you. Well, it isn't oh my yet God. on my website, but okay. it should be within a week or two. I should have it up okay. on my website. Okay. <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What are the dates in November? I think it will be from the 4th to the 13th. Okay. Uh, somewhere around there in November, but waiting to hear back from the guide who has to go through the hotel booking and all the rest of it. So it'll take a couple of weeks. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then um, for people that want to come over, are you still offering um, lodging and um, different things at Casa de Solara? Yes. Um, Casa Solara in Ibiza, I have a starseed activation retreat in June and I have channeling and healing courses in May and September. And then I'm teaching for the first time at a really beautiful venue in France, in Normandy, at the end of July. I would mm. love to see some of the American Light Tribe there. <laughs> Aww. Yeah. That'd be beautiful, wouldn't it? Well, we talked about that too. <laughs> 
You're like, oh, look, she's going to be in France. Okay. No. We, we, we want to, I'm ready for uh, teletransportation. I'm, yes. I'm ready for this. <laughs> Free energy. We have to be dreams disclosed. about teleporting yes. all the time. All the time. Well, we do do it. I know we do. We're doing it, but I would like to physically be able to do it. Yes. Yes, Yay. for sure. <laughs> well, we love you so, so much, Solara, and are just so grateful for you taking the time to be here. And we hope that this is just going to be one of many other conversations that we get to have with you. And um, we're just so, so very grateful. And we want to just, Thank you from the very bottom of our hearts for what you have done for this planet yeah. and for Serving the humanity. collective of humanity. And um, you have been on the scenes for so long doing this work of light and love and healing. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, both of you, for your love and your gratitude. It is my absolute pleasure to be of service. We love you. Have we a, love you. Have a love, great day. Love, so much. love you too. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye. You can find all things Solara at her website, solara.org.uk, where she has her latest offerings of retreats that you can go to, that she has all of her courses that she's teaching at the moment, her free meditations, the channelings, her shop, all of those awesome things you are going to find there on her website. And we hope that you will get online and check it out and do what we all need to be doing with these people in our lives that are providing such incredible light on our path that are guiding us with their wisdom, with their teachings by supporting her, buy her book from her, attend a retreat. If you like any of her courses or just any of her teachings that you can download, they are so ridiculously reasonable. And in supporting her, then we get to continue the work and we all just really have to support each other in that way. Her book, once again, is called Pleiadian Emissary to Gaia. You can get it on Amazon. I know we've just spoken so highly of it, but it is an incredible, amazing book. And, and uh, it, it just gives you so much more perspective on the depth and scope of, of her as a human being and the service that she has so selflessly done for decades on this planet. So much of the world that you all are living in right now has been brought forth by this human being that we just had the pleasure of interviewing and speaking with. Well, yeah, because she's been doing that hard work and laying the groundwork uh, at, at a time when there wasn't a lot of that going on mm -hmm. collectively. And, you know, that's just another thing about supporting people that have been doing it and that are doing that kind of work. And we love her and we want her to continue to get to do what it is that she is here to do mm -hmm. and how she is here to serve. So if you dug this episode, if you like what we do, if you enjoy listening 
to our podcast and learning and going along on the journeys that we get to go along together with, we do really appreciate. And you just have no idea how much gratitude and support is important when we're doing these endeavors that we're, that they're labors of love that we want to be doing that we're called to do. So if you like it, leave us a review uh, and share, please share this podcast with uh, anybody that you feel like sharing it with or on your social media platforms. And um, just, we love you all so much and your support is everything for us. Thank you all for joining us today and we can't wait to meet again wherever you are and whenever you are. Production assistance for this episode was provided by Freak Labs. Our amazing theme music was created by Frequency Jones. Visit our website, BeTheLightRocks.com. Stay woke, y'all. Good